Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. We'll be looking at our fourth installment in Acts chapter 18 today, our fourth study together, and we are just getting down into verse number seven and following. And if you're just joining us for the first time and you've missed those other three studies, I'll encourage you to go and subscribe to our podcast. Our podcast is available on every podcast platform. It's entitled Striving for Revival, and you can uh, subscribe for free, and you'll have access to all of the Bible studies that we have done, and that will be a help, I believe, to you as you study through the Bible with me. One thing that really encourages my heart is as I travel, and then also I get messages from people from, uh, (coughs) excuse me, from time to time, and uh, they will uh, say, you know what, I'm studying with you through the Bible. I've got the podcast, and I'm, I'm, I'm going with you through the Bible, my daily Bible reading, and that's a humbling thing and an exciting thing, and uh, something that I don't take lightly is we open up the Word of God together, and I want God to speak to our hearts. Sometimes there's a lot of information, but I always try to give you some sort of an application for your life before our time together has ended. Now, in the book of Acts, remember, just some background, Acts is a transitional period in church history. And it's the earliest record of Christians and churches evangelizing uh, the lost world. And we see God moving in power, the Holy Spirit moving in power. We find things in the book of Acts that are unexplainable. They are remarkable. Uh, Amazing things take place. Miracles happen. A lot of the things that we see in the book of Acts uh, have ceased because now we have a complete canon of Scripture. Remember, these Christians operated without a complete Bible. And so God gave them ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to do different signs and wonders, and he used those to authenticate the message of the apostles, both to themselves and to those who would be hearing the message. And those things now, we don't do that. We don't need that. We have Genesis through Revelation, and faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The Bible said, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. When that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. And now we have that which is perfect in our King James Bible. And so a lot of those early gifts of the Spirit, quote-unquote, you will not see it manifest in that way today, and that's okay. We still have the same power and the same promise, and God will fill us with the Holy Spirit if we'll surrender to Him and yield to Him and use us to do great and mighty things. We can still have Acts power in our generation, and I believe we can see the same fruit uh, in our generation if we'll just pay the price and be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Now, Paul was saved on the Damascus Road. Remember, Saul of Tarsus, he was a man who was a Jew, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, and a hater of Christians. But on the road to Damascus, the Lord Jesus Christ interrupted his journey, and Saul came under such conviction. He fell down to his knees, he put his faith in the Lord and got born again, and the Lord Lord has now taken this man who had such a wrecked, wicked background and has made him a powerful preacher. God has chosen Paul to be a Gentile preacher, a vessel 
to the Gentiles. And in this chapter, Acts chapter 16, Paul is in the city of Corinth. As he's been there in the city of Corinth, he's been lodging with Aquila and Priscilla, who are Jews, and he's been preaching in the synagogues and trying to persuade the Jews that Jesus was Christ. The Bible told us in verse number 6 that the Jews oppose themselves. And we talked about that. When a sinner refuses Christ, they are not refusing the soul winner. They are really opposing themselves. They are, at that point, their own worst enemy when they say no to uh, grace, uh, salvation by grace through faith. And the Bible said they blasphemed. So Paul took his shirt, his uh, his coat, if you will, his mantle, and he shook, shook the dust off of it, signifying, I'm done with you folks. And he said, your blood be upon your own heads. I'm clean. Henceforth, I'll go unto the Gentiles. And that's what he does. Paul redirects his energy to those people who are not Jews, not his kinsmen after the flesh, but they are Gentiles. Historically, they've been outside of the covenants. Of, of Israel outside of the promises of God because they're not Jews. But now thank God for whosoever will. The gospel goes to the Gentiles. Now, Paul has been lodging with a, a Priscilla and Aquila, who are Jews who have come from Italy to Corinth because of a scattering or an expulsion, really, uh, enforced by the Romans there. Now, they are tent makers, as Paul was. So Paul found common ground with them in their occupation, and Paul labored bivocationally with them in making tents. And Paul will go back to Corinth in his letters and remind them that he wasn't after money, and he didn't make merchandise of people. He was willing to labor with his own hands, and, uh, and uh, he wasn't in it for filthy lucre. And we talked about that, how you and I who are in the ministry ought to be willing to work, if need be, to uh, make an income so that we can do the work of the ministry. And Let's not be lazy and act entitled and look for just a cushy experience, but we got to do all we can for the glory of God, even if it means we have to work, too, in full-time jobs. By that, I mean a secular job and then pastoring or serving in the local church. But now, Paul, ever since he's changed his direction, and he said, now, from henceforth, I'm going to the Gentiles, he's also going to change his lodging. In verse number 7, it says, And he departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one that worshiped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. So Paul is changing who he's going to preach to in the primary sense. Paul is changing where he's living in the city of Corinth. And Paul is also changing the fact that now he's not going to be, quote-unquote, bivocational. Remember, when Timothy came and Silas came, there was monetary assistance from Thessalonica. And so that money that's been given to support Paul's mission work has enabled him now to be full-time. That's a good lesson for us. It is totally biblical for a church to support mission works that uh, maybe cannot financially support themselves so that the one in that work can go further and be full-time in their ministry labor. And we do that with our church. We support many missionaries and mission works and church plants and things of that nature. And you ought to be a part of that as well. And I was a recipient of that for many, many years of my life, a decade and a half uh, in full-time evangelism. And we had churches that would monthly enable us to continue to be on the road with all the expenses that goes with that ministry. And they were supporting me so that I could give my all to Bible study and prayer and preaching in these churches and trying to encourage pastors to uh, not quit and Christians to serve God and sinners to get saved. And thank God for that model that we have laid out for us even in the Scripture. You know, it's something. I go to a lot of churches and preach, and uh, I, I, I wonder about that. How, how many churches you think that I preach in, how many churches that you're from have birthed another church? 
you know that ought to be the that ought to be the main thrust really of a local church once it's established and everything is settled there you got to look to reproduce yourself in some other city that does not have a church or some city that needs another church and uh, that's biblical all throughout the book of acts we see churches planted and then from them churches planted and then from those churches planted and that's how they reached the world with the gospel it wasn't some huge uh, you know multi-week crusade necessarily but it was the establishment of churches and then the expounding of the word of god and then the the strengthening of those churches as Paul would go back by and visit, and they would disciple and mentor those early believers. So now Paul is moved. He's in the house of one named Justice, and Justice, just the name of it, it sounds like uh, Justice's name, he's probably a Gentile. And so Justice, his house is adjacent to the sanctuary or the synagogue there, and so Paul is right next to the synagogue. Now some interesting things are going to happen. Uh, we're going to read about the conversion of Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, and I don't know if this played a part in that or not, but uh, it's interesting. Paul moved his base, if you will, of service. Verse number 8, And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house, and many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. So Paul's having a lot of fruit in the city of Corinth. He's not getting really any kind of political or government opposition. There are some Jews that are giving him a hard time, but it's not hindering the work of the gospel. The power of the Word of God is prevailing, and many folks are still being saved, and you and I can take note of that. When there's a little bit of opposition, it's not time to tuck tail and run. It's not time to relocate. It's not time to change zip codes. Just wait. The power of the Word of God is sufficient. The power of the Holy Spirit is sufficient, and God can enable you and equip you to get the job done if you'll just stay, and you'll just plow, plant, and water, and repeat the process, God will give the increase. So many of these Corinthians are hearing, these carnal people, these cultural people, uh, Jews and Gentiles alike, and they are being saved, and after they're saved, they are baptized. Verse 9, Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by vision, Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace, for I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months teaching the Word of God among them. So God gives Paul the reassurance, Paul, you're in the right spot, you're in the center of my will, and I've got you. If everybody else forsakes you, I've got you. I'll stand near you, I'll stand by you, I'll stand with you, and you just keep on preaching the Bible. And that's what he did for a year and a half. He doesn't do anything but teach the Word of God to these people and establishes them, gives them a foundation so that they can grow in grace. Well, we'll continue in this next uh, broadcast. Make sure you don't miss it. Until then, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.